All we do is spoil things. People can bugger up. Hello there, and welcome to the recommendation game. My name is Orla Matilas. And my name is Ricardo Deegan. This is a bi-weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch them separately and then we riverside to <laughs> discuss them. It's still my, my favorite transition of possibly the podcast ever of going from um, Wendy and Lucy to <laughs> this week's film, which is Robocop from 1987. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. <laughs> cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot! every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory is admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Get in the car, for God's sake! Robocop, the future of law enforcement. In a violent, near-apocalyptic Detroit, evil corporation Omni Consumer Products wins a contract from the city government to privatize the police force. To test their crime-eradicating cyborgs, the company leads street cop Alex Murphy into an armed confrontation with crime lord Boddicker so they can use his body to support their untested RoboCop prototype. But when RoboCop learns of the company's nefarious plans, he turns on his masters. The film was directed by... This is third time offender now, Paul Verhoeven, written by Edward Newmere. Wait, wait, what was the set? Like, I know we did uh, Starship Troopers. L. Oh, yes. Episode 70. We did L, episode 70, and we did Starship Troopers, episode 106, which I think, I think L was our one year anniversary with Dublin Digital Radio. Okay, there. Jesus, time flies, doesn't it? It surely does. Uh, <laughs> written by uh, Edward Numir and Michael Miner. Produced by Arnie Schmidt. Starring Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Daniel O. Herlihy, interesting, Ronnie Cox, Kurtwood Smith and Miguel Ferrer. Uh, cinematography by uh, Jost Vacano. Vacano um, edited by Frank J. Uriost. Uri- I don't know. And music by Basil Polidorus. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Basil Polidorus. What a man. <laughs> That's got to be Greek. Oh, my God. This week's film uh, was chosen by Ricardo because he's on somewhat of an 80s streak uh, after picking 
thief previously. Um, so Ricardo, why did you pick RoboCop? I forgot that I picked Thief before, which is like uh, probably great, great. I don't know which one is the most '80s movie between those two. Probably Thief, but RoboCop is not far off it. Um, has to be said before we start with Miguel Ferrer being mentioned before, but uh, both Dan O'Herlihy and Ray Vice that is in this movie are also cast members of Twin Peaks that came out three years after. So I'd like to think that David Lynch loves Robocop because how else oh, would you... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To get all those people together. Yeah, like it's also like the, the faces. You got to love... The, like Ray Vice looks like somebody that would kill his daughter. Okay, if, uh, <laughs> if somebody fucking... Um, Says that that's a plus spoiler. Twin Peaks came out in the in 1990. So, saws. This all we do is spoil things. People can bugger up. <gasps> okay, Screen Rant. <laughs> Screen Rant has a 15 things you never knew about Twin Peaks. Screen Rant. I'm pretty sure Screen Rant is just written by AI. But uh, hold on, now. one of them is that David Lynch loved RoboCop. Okay, so like it's not even uh, a <laughs> conjecture. It's uh, uh, if you don't love the original RoboCop, you're probably a communist. <laughs> That's what David Lane said. <laughs> this is what screen round. The 1987 sci-fi action satire was one of the best films of the 80s and one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. David Lynch has heaped much praise on the film over the years, so much so that he aggressively pursued Ray Wise and Miguel Ferrer, who appeared in RoboCop, to join Twin Peaks as Leyland Palmer <clears throat> and Albert Rosenfeld, respectively. Ah. But like, I think that like this oh. movie more than anything would turn you into a communist. Than <laughs> yeah, that, like, like what? It, it is the most anti-capitalist movie of the eighties. It's like it's nineteen eighty-seven. Like, yeah, like to consider that this came out at the same time of like Wall Street and everything else. That is that it's supposed to be like peak, uh, peak Reaganism. Jesus. Yeah, like in like you know fucking. Even though those movies, it is the discussion that we have sometimes about, like whenever we were talking particular about war movies, how do you make an anti-war movie? And sometimes you go like, mm. how do you make an anti-capitalist movie that is about like the dangers of access? And you have the issues of like Wall Street and Scarface, for example, that came out around the same time, because. It makes it, yeah, you might get killed at the end or arrested, but uh, while you're rich is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> well, this, because this does it, like, it is about capitalism, but it's about how there's no way of actually winning in the system. You always lose because. And you will eventually just end up in fascism. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing. <laughs> I fucking love her whole before, like. You know, this is the first, like, imagine if this is the first movie that you do in Hollywood. He came out fresh out of fucking Holland after watching, I think he did Soldiers of Orange after, before this, which is a very interesting, like, um, resistance movie with Rutger Hauer, like, really mm. young Rutger Hauer. Uh, and it's a really, really good movie. There, it, it, it is, like, it's for good reason that he was pursued by Hollywood to come over i do miss th that kind of vibe that 
you know european directors that are very very european given like <laughs> money to make movies in america that it doesn't happen anymore and when it does you're kind of like completely beaten down into the system without being able to put your own spin into it but i think that verhoven in particular he's one i think i don't think he's like the best filmmaker out there but i think he's one of my favorite filmmakers out there because i've never seen a movie that wasn't interesting that he made even when they're like somehow like misjudged or whatever even showgirls like i even enjoy show showgirls that is like his, it's a like, cult classic for a reason showgirls like yeah it, it also is that whenever you know verhoven you know that like everything of the camp and everything is completely intentional it's not mm. like it has its flaws but the part whenever people say like this movie is ridiculous it's intentionally ridiculous it's like he knows what he's doing like verhoven is not gonna make a movie like that and go like oh he accidentally made it crazy like it's paul verhoven like where pete's like everything in life comes back to sex and violence that's the the line the pull quote from that bfi interview uh i was watching before we started uh, he says it in such as like deadpan like heavily accented english and he's just like he kind of reminds me of like david fincher in a way where it's like you know eh, people are perverts <laughs> you know what it's oh, yeah, like? but also it's the part that is like what i prefer with verhoven is that he admits that he's a perfect that he's a pervert as well what verhoven <laughs> Yeah, like he's like everybody's a pervert, so including myself. But like that's why, like that honesty is like whenever we were discussing L, how he was able to have this kind of complete, uh, complete trusting relationship with Isabel Huppert in a movie that is very difficult to direct, because he was aware of being pervy, that he didn't direct her in the sex scenes. Mm. He let her do whatever she needed to do because it's like the moment that uh like it's sex and it's women and i start getting involved he knows that there's a barrier that you, no matter how detached you you try to be you can't you can't turn off your male gaze and well you can't turn off your humanity and coming back to robocop that is the theme of the movie that it is what i <laughs> like that is the the bit that is like I like this movie so much because a it's hilarious it's such a funny movie like people forget how funny robocop is b my favorite thing about robocop is that the first time i watched it is that do you know anything about the history of robocop after the movie no there's like three or four of them though isn't there like yeah there's there's three mainstream films yeah then there's mm. uh, the remake that came out, whatever, a couple of years ago. 2014, the most 2014 like, movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it has like some interesting topics, but it's very boring. That's the problem. It's like it, it actually goes into, tries to carve its own. Um, the remake? Yeah. It's oh, God, to, I watched like, the trailer. It's just, it looked so dry. It's just boring. That's the problem. It's yeah. like, it's just boring. But the... But Robocop 1 and 2, like, are brilliant. Robocop 2 is about Robocop 2. It's like Omnicore trying to do a second Robocop because the first one is so successful. Like, it's genius. And it's like... And it goes into the fact that it's, like, the reason why... Um, 
Murphy works as a Robocop is because he had a mission. He wanted revenge. Yeah. It's so a he revenge has story like that kind end. of human emotion. But they keep just getting like dead cops that like, oh, yeah, he died in a car crash or whatever. And then they just wake up and they're like this machine or whatever. So the Robocops just keep killing themselves because it's like the suffering of being like inside this machine or whatever with no objective. So the only way that they can get like the Robocop 2 to work is that they get a uh, a drug addict inside it and keep feeding him drugs so like he has like a reason what? to keep going or whatever oh it's so dark i love it oh my god but it, it, it's not as perfect as the as the first one but it's still like really interesting with it like when it, it comes to both like it does what like 22 jump streets do that the, it's like actually commentary about like also sequels in Hollywood that it's like you have to do the same but bigger you have to do this but like the fact that it's like Robocop 2 but it's actually like that's the title of the second Robocop so it's like you know like we're trying to make Robocop 2 but like Robocop 1 is in it as well obviously so the third comes out the third movie comes out and like fucking i don't know universal i think there was or paramount one of these studios they decide okay we need to make more money so the third one is made pg so no violence no nothing whatever fucking uh, robocop has a jetpack at the end of the movie and it's not even uh and robocop is not even played by peter weller but then robocop is turned into a cartoon a saturday morning cartoon and a tv show like a pg tv show like pre-watershed tv show like 1990s that's what was my introduction to robocop so i'd oh. watch the cartoons like on vhs that i rented on a thing i had the toys and everything and then like you get like action figures or robocop and it's like oh here's the gun or whatever and then whenever i was 10 years old <laughs> robocop this robocop kicks in at nine o'clock at night and my mom thinking like, oh, it's Robocop. He has all the toys. It's grand. Like, you know. You were 10? Oh, my God. Yeah, I watched it the first time when I was 10. I <laughs> did not know what the fuck was going on. And I was like, it's I've never so seen violent. so much blood in my entire life. Whatever they like chop his arm off with a shotgun. I was like, what? Is that what's under it's the arm? It's all like, it's not even a clean fucking thing either because it's like a shotgun at close range so it's like jagged bone and like <laughs> like it, it was so like one of the biggest shocks of my entire <clears throat> life that you're just sitting there going like oh, is this what adults watch in the evening and then like obviously over the years i think it was like also because like people don't talk about robocop and stuff like that as a amazing movie for whatever reason i think that there's a certain like snobbery because it was so successful and also it's like a massive blockbuster hollywood production but i remember watching it again in my 20s and i'm like this is a fucking intelligent movie like the fact that that ed 209 doesn't work at all it's the the best thing (laughs) it comes to the stairs and it's just like like it's like little feet are kind of like trying to like just go straight the first time the fucking stairs. But like the sound effects of Ed 209 that is both like I think it's a mixture of a puppy it's, and a child. It's so good. Like the like whenever he's so... on his back and he's like whining like a child or whatever. Yeah. It, I 
like everything in this movie is genius. The casting, I think, uh, both of uh, of Robocop and his partner are like absolutely spot on because Peter Weller does unbelievable work. Like not only that it was like an absolute nightmare to be in that suit, but he both is able to remain human but feel fully robotic at the same time which is so difficult to do like even the way that whenever he's turning that his head turns before his body it, it, like yeah. it's so hard to sell like that you're not overdoing it but you're robotic kind of thing it's kind of it's impossible it's like it's an actual impossible job he and also knowing that it probably like on in a studio setting it was probably already like 35 degrees centigrade in there and then you put this fucking suit on top like he said that he'd lost about 15 kilos like um like every couple weeks making this movie or whatever i think he said he lost three pounds a day from sweat because there was no way to cool him down in the actual suit um, I think in the second one they made it better, but the suit is kind of bluish. This is the, also the this was the first time that I watched the movie in high definition instead of like shitty TV or like mm-hmm. DVD. Yeah. That I had never even realized the detail of like having the brand name on his head. Yeah, that is so good. With the exception of Ronnie Cox's uh, arms, whenever he gets shoved out the window, that are like strangely long whenever he's falling down the window all the other special effects aged so well that the all the all the other special effects like all the explosions the like the 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 gore like the squibs the squib work Mm -hmm. in this movie is unbelievable whenever ed 209 kills the first guy or just machine guns they're like trying to like pull the plug (laughs) it's the it's the best like it's one of the funniest most disgusting scenes of all time but like you know whenever like in other movies, like people, especially I used to watch like World War Two, like fifties action movies with my parents, like you know Sunday night entertainment, and there'd be like machine gun goes off, like point blank, and the guy just holds his chest and then like dramatically falls off, and you don't see anything, and then this movie rolls along, and it's like every single shot goes into your man and takes a chunk out of him and like clothes flying or whatever i don't know how they did it to this day because i've never seen another movie that like the, the squids are the so cool coming and like you can feel the like life going out of him almost like it's insane like <laughs> and then like even whenever they kill fucking murphy and they have a go at him like it's so dark and like like even hit the headshot that is usually like almost impossible to capture you can see like the back of his head explodes and the front of it is there but even like whenever talking about special effects like that scene whenever the guy blows up the petrol station and robocop is just walking away from the explosion i'm like yeah, that's not Peter Weller, but there's a dude in a Robocop suit. <laughs> Literally, like, like one meter away from, like, a petrol station <laughs> that is actually blowing up. But it's also, like, a commentary on American uh, need for gore. 
which is like such a Verhoeven thing to do. There's like, you want gore? Yeah, I'll give you gore, but it'll be like I'll the most disgusting things that you, you know, like whenever the car runs over your man, that it was like uh, fell in, the guy that fell in the acid pit. And then the car runs oh. him over. He just turns into yeah. like mush. It's like, how did they do that? It's like, there's not a moment in this movie that you go like, oh, this is an 80s movie. This feels like somebody just gave somebody $300 million now and go, go have fun with all the special effects that you can, but you're not allowed to use CGI. But then it's like, that's only part of the movie. Like that the like movie really focuses on both like what it means to be human, but also about like what it means to be human when you're talking about like a society and about, you know, even leaving the old people behind. That is like this idea of like, oh yeah, Detroit doesn't work. So we just build this other city and fuck everybody else that is there. But even in that part, it's like, oh yeah, Delta City, two million uh, workers. Who is going to provide all the drugs and the prostitutes for those people living in tents? Like that immediately you're building the new city and bringing all the problems from the old city into the new city. And I think it's a movie like altogether. It's like it's a movie that is very, 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 very political and like has a very philosophical point of view. But at the same time, it never feels preachy. It never feels that you're being lectured about it. It just feels like an entertaining, popcorn, enjoyable movie that has the greatest special effects ever. But without further ado, what did you think of RoboCop? I'm going to put the mic down so I don't interrupt you. um i had a great time i really enjoyed it um genuinely like i put it on last night um and i was like oh how long is it like i was trying to kind of like budget my time in the evening uh, and i was like oh it's only like over 90 minutes like no bother do it on oh gosh is it efficient um <laughs> our third paul verhoeven film um i like how you didn't even remember that you had done it i suppose that they were like both quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, you, did, you did wait a long time for your third uh, Verhoeven. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like uh, I was just sort of like looking up the the links between this and Starship Troopers. Um, Starship Troopers doing the more recent one we did. I'm trying. To, I meant to go back and listen to the episode because I think I liked it. No, you did. Yeah, yeah, like a hundred percent. There's no way that you yeah, didn't yeah. like Starship Troopers. Come on. <laughs> well, I know it's kind of like, but there's no way you could not like this movie either, unless you know. You don't like action movies with a lot of gore. Well, like, unless you're enough, a fascist, like, is the the is the opposite of uh, like. Uh... Oh, but the funny thing about this movie is, um, uh, just on the Starship Troopers. So Edward uh, Newmeyer, um, he also was one of the screenwriters who worked on Starship Troopers. So he'd like work with Ver- Verhoeven again on another very satirical movie. Um, it's funny because like this is like very of its time. That movie is very of its time, and like it's commentary on like. They're talking about slightly different things, but also as in like the difference between like military and cops, but it's not really that much difference. Um, did I rent this on Prime? Or I, I can't remember, but either way, you know, like on, on Amazon Prime, um, as you pause it, it gives you the little factoids, which I quite like. Sometimes they're very detailed and very interesting. Um, I think it was around the time where Robocop is, uh, he's got, what's his name? Um, the, the like the crime boss um he's like sh- you know throwing him through windows and stuff and i paused it and i saw it and it was like 
For apparently, like, for Hovind and, like, everyone involved in the movie was very afraid that cops were not going to like the movie. But apparently cops loved the movie, especially the scene where he's throwing him through the glass windows, like, over and over again. But also, like, reading him his Miranda rights. Cop thought, cops thought this was badass. I was like, oh, of course cops like this movie. Like... <laughs> It's like people, it's just, like uh, Wall Street traders like in Wall Street. It's like they completely missed the point Club, of the movie. Or, or like fucking Manosphere people liking Fight Club, which is funny because I only just watched Fight Club again the other day because Blank Check are doing um, David Fincher. Um, so I, was, I started, I don't normally do this with them because I was like, oh, I've seen these movies enough times. But I hadn't watched it in so long. I was like, fuck it, I'll throw it on. Does it still hold up? I think it does. I like Fight Club. Um... But uh, yeah, just I like movies that are like, <laughs> when you look at them at all, any site I whatsoever are quite explicitly against the thing. That well, like it's the, the same way that it's like considered the uh, Starship Trooper came out in what, like 2000 and let me just fucking get this right. Because like, I know that we spoke about this 1997 yeah and fucking soldiers going into iraq in 2001 were like yeah johnny rico or whatever and it's like you really don't know who the bad guys in that movie are there's a lot of people that don't understand subtext i suppose but also i think that the, this movie is anti-cop to a certain degree but it's more anti-capitalist i think uh it's kind of pro-cop yeah, to a certain degree if given the, the right training and opportunities and stuff like that. But it's also very sympathetic to RoboCop, which is, as he is very, he's constantly called a cop. Like, you do not ever forget the fact that this man is a cop who is really on, like, a revenge plot. Like, that's what the movie's really about. But, um, yeah, but the thing about, like... Um, there's definitely an element of this in Starship Troopers as well, but in this movie, like, um, I like the the very lived in, a like world that it exists in. That we have a lot of like ads. Very funny that this is set in Detroit, and the whole thing with the like, um, like six thousand SUX car that's like I think based on just like shitty cars from the eighties. It's very funny. Um, but you're like constantly seeing them, but not in a like, not in a way that like feels. They don't overdo it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you see the, it the enough heart times. Ad, the fake heart ad. When it's like, oh, yeah, if you have a corner or whatever, we give you this robo heart and you can choose it. But I love that the last bit of the ad. Remember, it's like, we care. But remember, you we care. That is like, literally, they forgot to mention it somewhere else. That they care about it. It's like, you know, when people talk about like, you know, movies like Network and, you know, that uh, are very like prescient or of their time but also like commenting on things that are all happening at that time um and like this movie is a lot of that but it doesn't seem to get mentioned with those other movies it's kind of interesting it's like because it is i feel like it has been reappraised because like it's on like criterion um of a release of it like it is um i think maybe it was re-released recently or something because i think um yeah peter brasha reviewed it last year so maybe it's been re-released or something uh yeah it just it doesn't get like in my mind it was filed away under just like schlocky 80s movies you know what i mean like that was just like the idea of it that i had in my head it was just like yeah you know like oh, yeah. fun actually i gave you my input about like how my experience was on the first watch whatever obviously for you is much fresher the so i was wondering like 
what did you think the movie was gonna be before you watched it and how different do you think your perception of the movie was i think like whenever you said like robocop like however many weeks ago whenever we did wendy lucy um so at like at that point i didn't think of schlock is the wrong word i think like we've done we've done like movies that are both entertaining and also like you know have some have something to say essentially and we've done it like we did thief really recently which is a very 80s movie but it's also a very like smart film for multiple reasons so i don't think i was very like oh 80s movie like i was definitely looking forward to it because like you know i like terminator so i think like that was probably more of my touchstone than anything else um uh and then whenever i actually like looked up the movie i was like oh it's paul verhoeven so i was like interesting because like starship troopers was still relatively fresh in my mind you you didn't know that it was paul verhoeven before i picked it nope Yeah, yeah so like i didn't really have any context for it at all. It's just like the eighties is a real blind spot for me, as you've noticed. <laughs> I blame my dad entirely for that because we had a great selection of movies in my house, like both VHS and DVD. None of them came out in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> um, so yeah, w- once I kind of got the Paul Verhoeven thing, I was like, oh, the okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, but what I was not prepared for, um, I was like, I'm fucking funny it is. It is genuinely consistently a very funny film while also being like you know like (laughs) striking and very depressing at times because like the thing about the world being very lived in and like all the popular culture that we're seeing is that it's like and all the time it's just like people sitting on back on a sofa and turning on a tv and immediately laughing like screeching at this like awful like shrill fucking like you know the guy on the tv like <laughs> i'd oh, buy yeah, that for a dollar just him throwing cakes at girls boobs and like, saying, i love that it's never explained why and what saying the, the same line the over and over again is. and people keep putting it on and being like ha, 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 ha. like this is this is like the num this is like the viral show of the time that people are not fucking missing and apparently like taping and watching later i don't know uh <laughs> but yeah it's like everything if you know it's not like we have this this like group of like you know rebel heroes or something in the background or the background or something there's not really any of that like the general public is sort of like as decrepit as everything else is <laughs> our only real like you know hero in a way is um is the is the lewis character and like you know but she's still a cop we still see her beating the shit out of like her character introduction is fascinating too because it's like you know, it's like, oh, yeah, badass girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh, no, that's not, that's a person that she's just arrested. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it's not clear at the start. And then at the end, she's like, book him or whatever. And this is like, he sees her and he's like, oh, I love wow. as well that they refer to him as the suspect, not as the criminal. <laughs> Would you stop for a millisecond and think about it? You're just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Um uh i think like one of the greatest strengths of uh the movie as well is like the efficiency of the story that like you know it's just like constantly like even from the very start there's no intro to this movie it's actually it starts off with like detroit skyline the like boom robocop and then you're like right into the movie there's no fucking around here at all there's not like a moment that's wasted and you notice it in scenes that like in other films would have been especially more modern versions of movies like this where they would have been more dragged out like Whenever they're heard him are like holed up in the abandoned factory, you know, like essentially 
rebuilding his strength and like you know he's trying to like get his you know even like the the the, the scene where like um she's like helping him with his aim because his like um you know he's like thing is fried and everything it's very tight like that they're only in that and scenario. I love that he's aiming at baby food because they say that it's like what he's consuming. Mm, is like tastes baby like food. baby food. But, also, <laughs> but it also is like it's like he's shooting the face of a child because it's like the baby food. It's like the baby picture is so good. Like the like that gun, by the way. Yeah. It's fucking iconic. So. The little machine gun pistol that he has. <laughs> It's like that scene whenever they're like in the shooting range, you know, the cops have like their like little fucking revolvers, and you just see, drum, drum, and, he's just, drum. and they all hear immediately and come over and they're like, wow, like fangirling out over this dude. Um, and if you watch it, is that they actually built that gun because like he's not acting because there's no CGI or whatever to add like sparks or whatever afterwards it's like that you can see his hand like recoiling back that's why they had to do it in burst mm. because it's like so much recoil and it's like when in the production nowadays they go like yeah we developed the machine <laughs> this is what we've done with our sp- like that it works we can shoot 9mm bullets it's like like anything in this movie both in the production and what's on screen it's overkill (laughs) it's like you know like they go there's a line that is like oh that's just about enough and with everything this movie kind of crosses over but because it's with everything it gets away with it because there's a consistency of tone and look let's say that you know it's that kind of movie that whenever we talk about like building world, whatever, in the willing suspension of disbelief, it's a world that is very surreal to a certain degree. But because everything is consistent, you never <laughs> yeah, think it's like, all oh, dialed up, <laughs> untrue or whatever. You know, like whenever like the the counselor is holding people hostage, like the mayor hostage because he lost the election. Um, I want a nice car. <laughs> Like yeah yeah one of those ones with the seats and the yeah yeah. <laughs> oh you want no, my favorite line in that that scene is like I want to recount to whatever the result I want my old job back. It's so funny like and it's, uh, yeah and that scene is like a couple of minutes long. It's like RoboCop comes along, he goes into the building, the guy says that sentence, and RoboCop gets him. That's it. Like it's everything is like so tight. Uh, and the other thing I like about this movie is uh, how like like contained the world is as well it's about detroit there's like the villain is the local crime gang it's not you know what i mean everything is very like contained like you might have like an idea of maybe what the rest of the country is like but it's never mentioned it's all very like yeah like the story is small it's really about him going and tracking down the guys that killed him like that's ultimately and then but also it's like the part that like both what makes him a good cop and a bad cop is his humanity and it's the thing mm. that like there was an argument in the 80s both like not just because of robotics but also about like how to train soldiers after vietnam and like to a certain degree like cops in cities like detroit and new york there were you'd see as much action like if you consider that if new york was a country and you say that the nypd was its army it'd be the eighth most funded army in the world so there is this idea that at the time especially in the 80s that is like it's the beginning of the militarization of the uh, police fucking of police forces in america the idea that 
the problem with cops were their humanity. Yeah, we need to, we need to erase it. If you were and you just followed the, the, the rule book because it's like the laws are there, it's just that we're not enforcing them. Mm-hmm. It's this kind of argument. And it's the thing of like, this movie goes like the, the reason why cops are good cops is the humanity. It's like you had to get the, the least cop human to be a cop rather than the most cop human. To, you know what I mean? Like, do you have to get the the most human person to be a cop? That's the bar. Like that even the reason that Ed 209 kills the, the exact in the beginning of the movie is that they go, oh, he didn't hear the gun hit the ground because there was carpet. <laughs> it's just a glitch. <laughs> that wasn't a glitch. It's that they didn't train him to that. But it's also like the the response or whatever. They Even like he murdered, like Robocop murders a guy. Like the, our hero Robocop murders a guy that's just trying to stick up. Uh, of the gas station? A grocery shop. That has like the best way to hide a safe ever that is just surrounded by <laughs> cans. Surrounded by cans. <laughs> I love that entire scenario because, again, they're watching the shitty TV show, first of all. Um, but it's like, it's such a like cool, like, I don't know if it's a set or if it was a real location in like, the interior or not, but it also has like a really hilarious the way the guy, like, Rogo broke up, like, throws him into the fridge and he just like falls into the shells and then eggs fall on them. It's just like, it's very comical the way that he falls. And it's just, it's like, you know, some of that has to have been just accidental the way things, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah, plan, you can plan all of that. But it's just, it's, whenever things are perfect, it's like, you just leave it in. <laughs> like, um, but it, it, like, it's something that as uh, Alex uh, so rightfully pointed out in this movie is that they go into so overload about the idea of what a creep was presented in movies in the 80s that they just go like okay people you know what that scene whenever the they go like he gets the message going like rape in progress <laughs> what the fuck is how do you get that and then like, he shows up and it's like whenever she he shoots through her dress like i don't know how the logistics of that works because the guy is taller than her don't want to uh, and figure it's not it out even, but, it doesn't even really give him any of the information that is if he's like scanning the probability or anything it just kind of goes like you must protect the victim and then it's like off you go um also at the end whenever she's like oh my god you saved me and he was like you have been through a shock <laughs> i will bring you to a rape crisis center like, no i'll contact uh, yeah. a rape crisis center like i won't even break it it's like um <laughs> yeah, the, she goes to hug him as well. Uh, <laughs> remind me, I, uh, I have you seen Severance? Yes, yes. <clears throat> like that scene whenever like uh, Marquez gets uh, promoted and uh, uh, Patricia Arquette goes like a hug is available upon request. Uh, he says like I would like the hug. Whatever this is the most awkward thing of all oh, time. God. Like I really, I really, really like that show. Um, for for this movie in particular, because it's like, you know, it's his first movie in Hollywood. It was like relatively low budget for what it is, but like he's so good with special effects and stuff like that. But it's, I love to be in a fly in the wall in probably in all these meetings that the studio would have, and they probably just didn't understand what Verhoeven was getting at. 
whenever he's like oh i'm gonna do this or whatever they probably just thought that it's like oh yeah funny guy funny european dude he thinks he's gonna do this movie or whatever yeah. and then like they'll start getting the rushes and it's like are we are we actually paying for this are we actually making this movie until it became like too late it probably was like way too low on their agenda let's say to give a shit yeah but by the time they watched the movie it's like i can't believe that this is what we paid <laughs> And this then it made a shitload of money. Nobody knows about the movie. Yeah. Because it's really because entertaining. nobody understands subtext. <laughs> no, geez, especially not in 1987. Like walking into your like mall cinema or whatever. Um, I'd love to watch this movie with David Lynch. Yeah. And just him getting really excited and like little claps, you know. I can, ima- I can 100% imagine it. There's got to be like interviews out there of him talking about it. Must be. Before we go any further, I have to mention the one one of the funniest fucking things in the entire film, which is like, so I really like Lewis's character. The one thing I would say about her is that like, I just wish she had like a little more screen time. Because I, I like, you know, even though I'm talking about the efficiency of the plot and everything, I feel like I wish that she just had like a little more screen time. Like if not with him, with someone else, you know what I mean? Because it's like there's a large part of the middle of the movie that she's not there. Part of it is, even though it's a comment on the movie, by the movie, because even like the movie shows the board and it's like all men Mm. and the camera pans down and there's a woman and then it keeps panning down and she's taking notes. The like the the, the movie is actually making a point of this because it's like Verhoeven is famously a feminist kind of thing. Uh but like you never know, like you know, as modern feminist people, like a lot of people who say that he's rather old-fashioned, but at the same time, like for the eighties and stuff, like like for his generation, he was very, he's very progressive. Yeah. If she was just another bloke, like the partner, you wouldn't think the same way. It's just because she's the only like interesting female character that is in the movie, because the wife is just on flashbacks. Then you have the the scientist that is quite interesting but at the same time because she's like clearly like oh yeah i'm gonna try to look the most scientist that i can <laughs> and just look, like the glasses. biggest glasses that she can and that is as soon as like something happens like we need to ring a man to come and start this out <laughs> the, <laughs> your hands and the, the movie that made me fall over a lot of the most is whatever like they go in without backup like really early on like whenever whatever uh uh he gets killed um <laughs> the guy Lewis goes over to the guy who's like taking a piss and he t- she just goes freeze so he turns around and like essentially she gets distracted and allows him to like attack her because he's just like his dick is just there so it's like she gets distracted enough which was just i literally ripped out i was like did he just distract her with his dick yeah like but but also it's like because uh, like the character clearly like uh for the rest of the movie no uh her character his character that he's that's he takes it the piss all the time that even whenever they go try to kill robocop at the end of the movie they know that they're coming because the guy comes out of the car just screaming. Oh, we're coming to kill Robocop. Or yeah, whatever. he's it's a bit... Like, he, he needed to calm down. Like, you can see why whenever they're, like, you know, 
shooting the crap out of um what's his name that eventually like uh the head crime guy he's like okay that's enough Shh, you know stop screaming <laughs> just like shoots him in the head <clears throat> but also the part that most of the uh, like there's always been criticism about that scene but uh, my counter argument <sighs> is that morphe gets killed because of exactly the same thing yeah, they didn't. You kind of think like because this is not that long after we, they're just bad cops. You, it's, yeah, they're, they're, they're like, just bad cops. It's literally we've only just been introduced to them. This is like the first thing they do. Like we've only just been introduced to Murphy, and it's like you know we have all the context, everything that's going on, cops getting killed, blah blah. blah. But like they went in very heavily outnumbered. They knew they were outnumbered. They knew they were going into people who would have no problem shooting them dead, and like just went in anyways. But then like did it in such a fucked up way that it's like of course yeah, they killed you like, yeah. like the fact that she doesn't die is kind of surprising because he just like hits her and she falls over but she falls conveniently on like like i don't know flower sacks or something so it's not even you know and he doesn't even check to see if she's passed out he's just like ha, ha, ha like zips up his fly and runs away you know it's like she should have died realistically um talking about the um uh the practical effects and everything and um like it, it is it's you know like the it, it is very violent it's very gory and even like the bit where you know, the guy like drives into the thing of like um toxic waste which is such a like yeah uh, it feels very old school where it's just like a big tank that says toxic waste <laughs> but like we spend so long watching that guy melt like it is <laughs> it's so gross and like it's incredible like it's it's like you know watching something like the thing but just like you know with the whatever what 10 years no no less than 10 years but whatever the no because like what the thing is like 1981 but still like you know that's a lot of time for the progression of like you know the artistry of practical effects um but it is just incredible to see like what they're just able to make with just makeup basically like with and editing like, because yeah. you like at some point there's a change over between like i presume is a kind of like a dummy that yeah. is like just <clears> filled <throat> with liquid or whatever and the guy moving but both the editing and the like it's so seamless that you just don't know like i know that there's a cut there and i know it's a special effect or whatever but you it's not like, you know, sometimes you watch like, oh, yeah, I'm going to. Well, at the end of the movie, we're going to throw you out the window. And then you see the guy with the longest arms ever, like falling down the window. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's why what happens. Why does his arms so long? And they're like waving in the air like he's, you know, advertising used cars or something. Like it's so odd. Um, but the other thing I love about the effects or in the, or the, um, the art department and everything is like what his suit looks like and how it also has like such an arse on it. It's got like this great booty. It's like every time he's walking, it's like, I love the little detail. It's like, why? What? And his like, his legs are very like muscular and it, it, it does like feed into the like undercurrent of like um, homoeroticism that there is at certain points in this movie. Like, oh my God, the scene whenever they're in the bathroom. Um, I can't remember the characters' names, but um, the like more senior guy is threatening the scientist guy. Um, I forgot that he gets killed as well. In the, oh, so much in this movie um but they they like eventually come together and they are so close and the dude grabs the back of his head and i was like what but it's like he's he like he grabs his hair which 
quite a sexual thing to do to somebody. And it did make me think of um, ro- uh, Red, oh. White and Royal oh. Blue. In case you, Have you seen that movie? It's amazing. Um, he's like, he grabbed my hair in a way that made me understand the difference between rugby and football. And I was like, what's going on here? But he just about manages to make it seem threatening. But they're so close together. I do love that the the guy is called the the actor is called Ronnie Cox and uh, his uh, character's name is called Dick Jones. So oh, both yeah. of them are like such poor names. <laughs> such poor names. Like even if you see the remake of RoboCop, it's a very good. It's a very good example of why this movie is so good. Because if yeah. you watch the remake, it starts like it shows his family life and everything else in this movie it goes like in flashback you just know that he has the kid because he he goes like oh i watched that with my kid and he thinks that every cop should be able to spin his gun and it's so genius because he does that and it's such a reflex to do Mm. that is not even like a decision that is the thing about muscle memory and stuff like that even whenever he goes to the home afterwards it's like it's so moving like in a movie that is so like it's a movie with so many layers that is like both funny thought-provoking emotional because you do feel for him it's like you feel so much empathy and sympathy because even feeling like that humanity that he rediscovers the fact that he's murphy he's not murphy anymore he Mm. just knows that he used to be the human called murphy i think even whenever he asks Lewis about it. I don't think he says, I had a wife and children. He says, he had a wife and children, yeah. I think. And like, what I love it. That's the thing is that like, the difference in the fucking 2014 movie. And I haven't seen the movie. I just watched the trailer and was like, what the hell? It's like all these scenes. And it's like, <sighs> I'd like the idea that the wife is not a character because it's like, then whenever Lewis is like, she moved away and, you know, like she needed to move on. Like she needed to, you were dead, you know? And it's like, he sort of understands it, like, and, you know, in the end, it's, like, more about this revenge that the people who killed, who killed, Because like, it's the only thing that he has left, because yeah. it's the thing that he knows that, like, that's what, like, his cortex or whatever, whenever he's dying, that is the thing that is getting engraved in his head, is the m- memories of his family whenever they're waving but they're like mixed together with this so it's like the idea that it's like i can't have this because of that so but what was your favorite thing um i think it's that they're able like you kind of mentioned this as well that it's they're they're able to balance the tone of the thing and like when you look at it it should be impossible like especially considering like the extremes of everything that it's like it's so gory and it's so you know and like the film is never like hanging around for to like let you think about anything it's just like boom 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 um that's the the main thing is that like it's able to handle everything and that whenever it it just, it just ends as well it's not a movie that's like drawn out just like boom credits and like you're in and out and god in this time of like two and a half hour movies that is rare <laughs> What was your favorite? Oh, I fucking love as well whenever he just rocks up and there's another head 209 outside the police department he just shoots it. Because <laughs> he's got the like <laughs> other gun that they have. <laughs> just <laughs> uh, what was your favorite thing? Like it's two things. One is the fact that we have this podcast because otherwise I don't think you'd ever had to see, would watch this movie. 
no. this is the kind of movie that this podcast was kind of designed for kind of thing that is like for both of us that is like to bring the this kind of experience to the other person and i think that yeah. like it brought me so much joy that you were like whenever you said oh i had so much fun watching this movie because I it's did. like oh yes because i know from your blind spots and stuff like that that's why like the 80s is a very uh fruitful uh <laughs> fruitful kind of uh uh it's a well soil that for my for yeah. like it's a it's a well that i return to often if i may mixed it makes uh metaphors but i think that there's a very specific moment in this movie and i think it's my favorite thing in the movie it's whenever robocop wakes up after like they did everything and miguel ferrer just said i thought they were going through full body pros uh prosthesis why does he still have a left arm and it's like this kind of like idea that it's like oh somebody just wrote an email or whatever the only reason you're doing you're wasting all that money to just give him a left arm or whatever and take him the the arm out is because you don't know you just wrote in the email you want to have it as like this guy is completely robot or whatever because you like in this version of the movie you don't understand how much of him is left you know the face and the head is left mm. but you don't know how much of the rest is left but full body processes like it suggested is like legs and arms because he has digestive system because he has to get to the group he has enough organic material that needs to be fed by organic material i'm sure the Paul Verhoeven wanted to put in how he disposes of that goop but he did think uh, about it that, at the time that probably would be like the one note that the studio would have given this nope we can't learn about how he poops <laughs> but that movie that moment like its presence in the movie is the thing that it underpins everything else in the movie because everybody else would go like he gets shot okay he goes to the hospital they lose him and it's so sad as well that they hold on forever with the doctors trying to revive him like shot in the head or whatever like it really shows like that the humanity of it that is a tragedy that murphy dies oh that like it goes from that to like them having a party like drinking and stuff and they wake up and stuff it's like scenes that have nothing to do with the plot of the movie (laughs) but But they're still in there that's the movie like that's because that's the what we were saying about like being funny and everything else is that it's having moments like it's the same as whenever the guy goes to rob the fucking uh, petrol station and the guy's reading like a geometry book or whatever oh, it's yeah. such like a novel so specific. about like this like are you in college oh it's smart boy give me whatever it's like it's so specific <laughs> and that's what this movie is it's like you know like sometimes we watch movies and they go like you go there was no vision behind it there's no mm director there's no idea it's just a movie that was made by committee it just feels that it was a decision by 20 people whatever rather than one individual that had a very specific idea what he wanted to make for good or for bad and i think those things are what makes this movie so unique in 80s hollywood and stuff like that and it's like not just saying like paul verhoeven because it'd be easy to go like oh yeah that he's the best thing in the movie but also is that because it is very much a movie that is like collaborative that is like it's the writing it's the the special effects it's the 
the acting is so good it almost feels like a Naki Kurosaki movie in the sense of <laughs> like that the, the acting is so unreal but because everybody they're all got the same the memo, level yeah it makes it <clears throat> like everything matches like that everybody's at the same level as you said there so that's like my favorite thing i think it's the consistency of the movie but also like those specific really detailed mo- because even the way like whenever your man that like the rapist gets shot in the dick and the like it's so gross like it, it's like as a man i never felt like so like it, it's so visceral that they but i love the reaction of the other guy that is like no no i'll do anything don't shoot me the dick as well and then just the way that he moves is like like he doesn't move his body he starts moving his penis around so like (laughs) you'll miss the shot it's so specific it's like who on set decided that that's what the actor is gonna do and And then there's just like a little insert of her like looking at the hole in her dress and just being like what (laughs) but yeah that's my so what would be your least favorite thing Honestly, I wasn't that into the music. I think. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I find I was it a gonna, bit. Uh, I, 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 I was gonna mention that I didn't mention how iconic the fucking. I think it was that it was very orchestral, and I wanted it to be more like the way the Thief soundtrack is, or like you know any other. It's very synthy, kind of dirty synthy. I don't know. I think it just it was a little too movie score or something yeah but it's like adding uh it's a uh, gravitas to a movie that deserves none of it i did yeah i suppose i because i thought like if it did have more like blade runnery type music or something it would like it might throw off the the balance of what's yeah. going on but at the same time i don't know i just i didn't like it as much as everything else in the movie but like it's a very small thing to say that's fair um, enough what was your least favorite thing Probably, like, as you said, like, uh, I think it's the Lewis character, but it's more, like, not because they didn't, they start with her being badass and then, like, she doesn't really have. It's not a lot for her to do. In the the end, yeah, but, but like, I don't, I think it's more, I don't know, like, it's, it's very minor gripe because I don't really give a shit, to be honest, because like I, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think that there's flaws all over the movie, but I think it's a movie that is so confident in what it's, what it's doing that I never know when it's a flaw or just like personality. You know what I mean? That it, sometimes it's like, who gives a shit? Like nothing is meant to be perfect. You know, like how over the top the creeps are, like how... You know, nowadays, like, they'll be, like, oh, the criminal... Like, even in the second movie or whatever, or the third, they try to make, like, the criminals have motives or whatever. And this is, like, you just want money. Yeah. That's it. I don't need anything more than that for a matter... You know, like, that's that's totally fine. Um, And, like, why they rob loads of money to buy drugs to then sell the drugs? Because it makes even more money. It's, like, it's not... It's not... You know, they didn't have bad childhoods. They just like money. <laughs> Yeah, one of the guys is wearing like a fucking uh, little jumper. Was it a cardigan? Before they go and sit to watch the show about the guy throwing cake at the women's stadium. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, On that note. Uh, Ricardo, if... Uh, so yeah, that was that was RoboCop. It's a great movie. 
as most people probably know, or it just like something about the 80s. Well, we're solving that problem one movie at a time. Um, so Ricardo, if uh, they want to go back and listen to our other Paul Verhoeven movies, where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, uh, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Rec Game. The Recommendation Game at gmail.com is our email. And you can follow us on your podcaster of choice, Spotify, and the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud. Next week's film is chosen by Orla. What is your pick? We're going to try and hold on our claws into summer as long as possible by watching La Piscine. Oh, possibly we're at third Lendelon Francois. Movie? I'm not sure. Well, yeah. I'm picking a French movie. Well, what? What's happening? From, for specifically from the 60s. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're, we're, swinging from, uh, we're swinging from genre to genre. But uh, yeah, until then, I was Aurel Martinez. And I was Ricardo Zeke. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>